a side note, before the uh, homily begins, uh, I was taken aback during uh, Deacon's reading of the gospel, but he was describing the scene we have right here in our fourth window uh, of John the Baptist uh, preaching. And he's preaching where, of course, in the desert. And what is he saying? Prepare the way of the Lord. Sure enough, we know the Lord comes, and we'll hear about that, you know, very soon, with the baptism and everything like that. But that first part of John's ministry, preparing the way of the Lord, and he's telling them to do what? Make straight his paths, to make straight the path for the Lord, and not only into their heart, but into uh, their whole life, and not just for uh, the Israelites, as we heard in our first reading from Baruch as well, from the people from the east uh, and the west, all the people coming for the Lord, and how beautiful uh, that, that is. But even for ourselves as well, to realize we too need to prepare a way for the Lord into our heart, into our soul, and into our life. Prepare a road for him uh, to, to come in. You know, last week I used the analogy of the poinsettia, and hopefully we're all being poinsettias this past week, spending time in prayer and, and silence. But this week I want to switch it up a little bit, continue to be a poinsettia, but also a poinsettia that has an ice road. Okay, now I have your attention. Let me explain. All right, what is an ice road? Maybe you've seen the, the show Ice Road Truckers, and that's definitely an ice road. But if you've ever done any fishing in the winter, the only time you should go fishing, by the way, uh, then you know what an ice road is, especially on some bigger lakes. Now, Minnetonka has some, but not too many. But you go up to Mille Lacs, you go up to Red Lake, you go up to, to Lake of the Woods, and you'll see a whole system of, of roads, so much so that even Mille Lacs back in the day, when it used to be a good fishing lake, you could, deliver, you could order a pizza and tell them the road name, and they would deliver the pizza out to you. But in order to maintain an ice road, it's actually a very big operation. So it's not just involved plowing, which obviously needs to happen, but an ice road also sometimes has certain pressure ridges that occur and almost makes like a hill. Sometimes it even looks like a mountain. Sometimes it can be 20, 25 feet high up of ice that have come together. But if that pressure ridge is in the way to where the walleye are, or the other fish, but once again, what else are you going out for fishing for? It's not for walleye up there, right? If the, if, the, if the pressure ridge is in the way, then what the people have to do, the crew has to do, there's no other way around it, is, is to knock it down. Try to make a straight path, or as good a path as they possibly can, uh, to a uh, better fishing ground. So they're out there with chainsaws, they're out there with different mechanics, you know, that they can do, taking down any sort of, of, of ridge. And sometimes as well, it's not a ridge that appears, but instead sometimes the ice shifts a little bit, and there actually be valleys in the ice. There'll be great holes in the ice. Your first time experiencing this, by the way, it's a little scary. As they tell you, you need to drive over this, this bridge, you look down next to the bridge, there's two planks that aren't really attached to much, and you go, I'm really trusting these two planks as I drive my truck over this. But they know what they're doing most of the time. And uh, once again, they, they, they fill this up. But once again, it's making this path so that you can get to, well, the fishing grounds. And I actually find it very peaceful uh, to, to drive 
on these ice roads, especially if I trust, uh, trust the resort. Because I know that most resorts are vigilant, that they're out there checking the roads all day, all night long, and making sure that it's safe. Except for one time. And that one time was last year. I've been holding this as kind of a secret for the past year, but it's coming on the year anniversary, and I know my companion, Father Timothy Yanta, has not held it a secret. As a matter of fact, as soon as it happened, I'm pretty sure he called his brother John, who's back there, and I'm surprised the whole parish doesn't know about it yet, but I know Father Yanta's preached about it as well. See, last year, I decided after many years that it was time to purchase a permanent fish house. So on the way back from Father Riley's ordination in North Dakota, I purchased a fish house that I could sleep in and also had one other bed. And Father Yanto was very excited to hear that I had purchased a fish house. As we planned to go on a trip, a trip we've been planning our whole life, to go to Red Lake Early Ice. Because Red Lake Early Ice is the best fishing. You can catch wall after wall after wall. You hear all these reports and you think you have to get up there. But there's always a problem. And that problem, which is a good problem to have, is called Advent. And that sometimes gets in the way of our fishing trips, which is proper. So last year we planned it out, how can we make sure that we're still around the parish for the most part, but maybe we take two days off of daily Mass. And so we went right after uh, the Immaculate Conception and that weekend, we're going to come back before my mom's birthday on December uh, 16th, which is a very important day in the Carlson household. Anyways, we, we plan this trip, and we start to plan to go up there, and the ice is forming, but it's not quite forming quick enough. So now we're a little worried. What are we going to do? Do we still go on this trip? Well, if you know Father Yanta, and you know me, the answer is, of course we're still going on uh, that trip, because we have connections. And we knew someone who knew someone who knew someone who knew someone that could make sure everything was fine. When you start hearing that, by the way, you start putting it in your mind going, ding, 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 this does not sound like a wise idea. But we knew someone who knew someone who knew someone. Anyways, we planned this trip, and we were about to go, and my uncle called me the night before, and he said, Alex, I don't think you should go on this trip. I've heard that the ice isn't safe up there. I said, Uncle Brad, that's, that's people that don't know what they're doing. They're going out there by themselves. I have a guide. I have a guy. I didn't say who knows the guy, who knows the guy, who knows the guy. I said, I have someone up there. I'll be fine. He goes, okay, I have a bad feeling about this. And I said, well, thank you, Uncle Brad, but I'm going. So sure enough, the next day, I pick up Father Yanta. We start going up to Red Lake. We're running behind because both Father Yanta and I have way too much stuff to pack sometimes. And sure enough, we get up there a little bit late, and the guy we called said, you know what, it'd be better to go in the morning. Because in the morning, well, we can see better, it's not as windy, and it's just be safe. And we hemmed in hard, and, and Father Yant and I agreed, okay, we can spend the night at the, at the rectory we know up there, St. Patrick's and Kaler. We'll wake up bright early, and the guy said, I'll be up there, be ready for you to, you know, as soon as you show up, I'll be there, woke up your house, and away we go. Sure enough, we get up, we go out to, to Red Lake, and we we'll go to this resort, and the guy is nowhere to be found. I think the guy had a, maybe partied a little bit too much the night before. We'll put it out that way, right? And sure enough, uh, he finally shows up, 
about 20, 25 minutes later, wearing a jean jacket and a pair of jeans. Mind you, it's negative 10 degrees outside and windy. And uh, at this point, I look at Father Yanta, and we're like, we still doing this? Well, you're not stopping us now, because this guy, he's a professional. He knows what he's doing. So sure enough, he hooks up my fish house, and Father Yanta hops on with him on the four-wheeler, and I'm falling behind in my 1991 four-wheeler. It starts about 20% uh, of the time, and I'm uh, following him out there, and I'm thinking in the back of my mind, praise God, I'm finally on the ice. This is great. We've been planning this. It's going to happen. The fishing's going to be great. I'm a little concerned, though, because once again, the guy taking us out there is wearing a jean jacket. That's negative 10 degrees. So sure enough, we get past the first little bridge, where there's a crevice, and you have to get over it. I thought that was going to be the hardest part. I thought, you know, maybe it would be a good idea to pray. So I start praying my rosary, and we get over that crevice, and I'm like, smooth sailing now. As I'm looking up, I see my fish house, my brand new fish house, start going a little bit to the right, a little bit off the trail, thinking, hmm, maybe the fishing's really good over there. So that's where he's taking us. And I get right to the second decade on a Monday, right? So I get right to the visitation. At that time, it turns out, my fish house decided to visit the lake. I'm looking, and sure enough, my brand new fish house is sinking. The back tire going down this way and leaning. And out of the corner of my eye, I see a grown man, looks like Ralphie from the Christmas story, running away from the four-wheeler, that'd be Father Yanta, as quick as he could. And I'm thinking in the back of my mind, maybe I should have listened to my uncle. And also, I realized at that time, my fish house just got baptized. And I didn't want it to be baptized in that way. Well, sure enough, as it started to sink, it got caught, praise God, on a little ridge, and it stopped. But about two and a half feet of it, or more, especially the back end, was in that open water now. And I'm thinking, what are we going to do? So I pull up with my four-wheeler really far away. At this time, Father Yanta finally stopped running, and he turned around. And the guy that took us out there, we'll put it this way, he was not praying at that time. He was saying some other things, maybe out of his mouth. And I realized I trusted someone that didn't know the lake. He wasn't a good guide. He might be a great guy. He probably is a great guy. I've actually prayed for him many times since. But it was someone who didn't truly take something serious. He didn't take anyone's safety in his mind. He just wanted to make a quick buck or whatever else it may be. Now let's use a different example. Stick with ice fishing. Every year I go up to uh, Lake of the Woods and I found a resort up there which I've absolutely fallen in love with. It's not the cheapest resort. It's not the nicest resort, that's for sure. But the guys up there, I've never seen people work so hard. It's a small operation. It's called Long Point Resort. My buddies and I, we wake up fairly early as priests, right? We say our mass. We do our whole hour before we go fishing. 
So we usually wake up around 4.30 or so. Some of my buddies wake up even before then. And every single time that we wake up, we always see lights out on the lake. And so those guys from Long Point, what are they doing? They're checking the ice. They're knocking down any pressure ridge. They're seeing if there's any holes. They're seeing if there's any danger at all. They're making that path smooth. They're making it straight. So for what? So I can go catch a walleye. That's why they're doing it. But they're making sure that once again that road, that there's no dangers at all. That nothing can get in our way. And if there is going to be, they're going to stop us. And they have before, praise God. So it's not safe to go out there today, Father. Okay, I trust you. And our gospel today as well, we hear about this over and over again. This is what John is saying. He's, of course, quoting Isaiah chapter 40. Prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight his path. Every valley shall be filled. Every mountain and hill shall be made low. The riding roads shall be made straight. And the rough ways made smooth. This is what we must do in our own life for God to come into our hearts, to come into our soul, to come into our life. Is there anything prohibiting the Lord from coming in? Is our road smooth? Is it straight? Is it safe? Or are there things prohibiting the Lord to come into our life? What do we call those things? Sins. Are there sins that are blocking the Lord to come into our life? And if there is, what must we do? We must knock them down. We must fill them in. We must make that road smooth for the Lord to come. And how do we do this? Well, a couple ways. Number one, an examination of conscience. Not just right before you go to confession, but every single day. To be vigilant, to check out your road and say, is there anything today that prohibited the Lord to come into my life? Did I see Christ in everyone I met today? Did I turn away from the Lord? Was I unforgiving towards someone? Was I greedy? Was I prideful? Was I lustful? Was I gluttonous? Was I selfish? When we do this every single day, being vigilant, that we know we can clear that road, and we can ask the Lord for help. Lord, you know, I fell again today. I need your help. And what's he going to do? He's going to help us. Because he wants to come into our life. He wants to come into our heart. He wants to come into our soul. He wants to give us his grace. Sure enough, there's other times that we have to do is, you know, we have to go to confession. And not just, you know, once a year, you know, our first confession. We take advantage of this sacrament. Because that's where the Lord can really tear down those mountains that are prohibiting us from experiencing his love and his grace to make that path straight, to make it smooth, to let a highway, an expressway of the Lord to come into our life? Isn't this what we desire? Don't we desire him? And if we do, what we must do is make sure that that way is clear. And so we come before the Lord today. We say, Lord, help me. Help me make this road, this highway, this expressway of your love truly come into me. If there's anything blocking it, if there's any valley there, knock it down, fill it in. So I may experience your grace not just once or twice, but at all times of my life.